0: And welcome to Pink-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Linda Kroll. Linda is a 73 year old grandmother of three and a grateful six time cancer survivor. Wow. Her mission in life is to reach as many people as possible with the messages of self-love and compassion. She is also the founder of Compassionate Communication Academy. Welcome, Linda. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm great, Terry. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Great to be You're here. You're welcome. We're going to have a great chat today. Yeah. And I know you've got all this information
0: to share, so that's great.
1: Gotta edit. I'm
0: 74 now. When you read it, I was
1: 73.
0: (laughs) Oh, 74. Okay, (laughs) but you look great. And you know, when people can see you on YouTube later, they'll see you look great. You don't look even 70. So you look great. (laughs) So start by giving us some of your background story and how you got where you are today, and why that's important.
1: Let's see. Well, if you go to the full background, I'll give you a Reader's Digest version because it all plays a role. Mm -hmm. I was a very happy kid that came from a very loving home, but my father was manic depressive. So I learned at an early age that I was a little afraid of anger. So I became a very high functioning codependent and grew up, married my college sweetheart, was married for 20 years. And then when I saw that my marriage was headed for divorce, I was an attorney and then I became a mediator. And then after I became a mediator, I became a therapist. So I've studied law, mediation, and I'm an IFS therapist. And then I went back and became a Chopra certified teacher of meditation, yoga, and Ayurveda. And I do all that on one hand to kind of heal myself and my relationships and my family. And I also now do individual counseling, couples counseling, and divorce mediation. So I wrote a book. I have some online programs. I'm doing a certification training for other professionals. And I try to blend everything that I learned from my own experience and everything I've learned professionally into a process that I call compassionate mediation and compassionate communication. So that's the Reader's Digest version. Hope it wasn't. Wow. You have done a lot. So
0: you really have reinvented yourself over and over again. Over and over. Over and over. Still, yeah, And you know what? You've got a lot of years left to do that, too. Exactly. exactly. Oh. Yeah. And and you're a lifelong learner. And the people that I've interviewed, what, the ones that are lifelong learners seem to be happier. Right. And there's always something to learn and do. They
1: don't get bored. No. So it, um, It's always exciting to take on a new project.
0: Yes, it really is. It, and, and it keeps you revved up. So when you get yes. up in the morning, you can't wait. Right. So once you're retired, it's so easy to get bored and complacent. But when you've got something that wakes you up and you can't wait to start working on it, it really does
1: make life more fun. Well, I also find if you have a big why, if you have a, I have a passion, I think maybe because my father was had challenged in communication. He was wonderful. He was loving and adorable. He yelled a lot. And then my (laughs) husband had some issues. So he yelled a lot. And I really didn't learn how to communicate for a long time until I learned that there is a self, we have this healthy self inside of us. And when we're in self, we're calm, clear, compassionate, and we can speak for the parts of us that we usually push aside. So I pushed aside my anger for a long time, which made it hard to set boundaries and hard to ask for what I wanted and needed. And I managed by being nice and pleasing and caretaking. And if I got frustrated, I'd eat a lot of chocolate or I'd stay on the computer for hours and hours. But eventually, what I learn and what I share with with the people that I work with is that we all have this healthy self. That's an IFS, internal family systems definition of self, where we're calm, clear, compassionate, connected, curious, courageous. And when we come from that place, I feel we're really tapped into our inner knowing, to our spiritual center, to our soul. And then we can take whatever happens to us and react in a way that's peaceful and kind and compassionate instead of reactive and defensive. So, wow, that's really good news.
0: Because I think there's a lot of people that just react and they don't think they can change and they think it's always going to be that way and they're frustrated. Right. So that's really
1: good news that the good is within us that we can reach. Exactly. Exactly. And the the idea for compassionate communication is to connect to that best self, you know, instead of carrying the walls around your heart or your limiting beliefs, you let go of your limiting beliefs. You unburden the pain from the past so you don't keep carrying it with you and projecting it into the future. And then you relate from your heart. So the heart-centered connections that you make with everybody in your life are the ones that really bring you more joy and love and peace and all those good things we're looking for. Wow. Wow. And it
0: does seem like our families are the ones that we have to work with the most. Like yes. we're kind yes. of put together to learn things and they're the ones that we really have to learn how to do our best to communicate with them. And exactly. if you do it wrong, everyone's mad at one another,
1: but if you do it right, life can be great, right? Exactly. And my girls know how to start over when we're, I've got, my girls are now 44 and 41, but they're still my girls. <laughs> you know girl. that, when they were younger, we'd fight or we'd have an argument, as teenagers do, with their mother. And they'd come in the middle of a of a fight and say, can we start over? And <laughs> I think people can start over emotionally at any moment. So if you're in a fight with someone or you're like you said, your families trigger you the most, but yep, you can start over without having to dissect who said what and who's wrong and who's right and what needs to happen next. Just start over, flip a switch, forgive each other, move on. And that could happen at any time.
0: And that is true. And, you know, I have met so many families that have cut out people from their family, like mothers cutting children out for... A stupid reason or whatever, or kids kind of cut their mother or their father out. And then later on, some of them do reconnect. And they're like, why did I waste all that time? What was I thinking? It was something stupid, but some never connect. And then the person dies and now they
1: really have guilt. Exactly. And it always breaks my heart when there's that kind of disconnect, because Mm -hmm. people don't know that when they're coming from self, they can set boundaries, they can mm-hmm. say no, they can choose not to engage with that person, but they don't have to keep those walls around their heart because it's really more of a burden for the person that's got the walls up. And forgiveness, I always say, is a gift you give yourself. So learning how to find a way to recognize that everybody's doing the best they know how to do according to how they were brought up in their life experiences, and we can mm-hmm. cut them some slack and start over. So true,
0: so true. And, you know, people that have had children murdered, Uh, they have the hardest time, but many of them do forgive. And they said exactly what you said. I'm forgiving them for me because otherwise I'll go through the rest of my life with all this anger
1: and I can't do it. I can't. I have to forgive them. So they're relieved. As you say, say, if somebody can forgive someone that murdered their child, all of us can forgive someone that's hurt our feelings. Yes, Uh, yes. Usually
0: it's in an, it's not intentional. Like sometimes it is, but a lot of times it was not intentional and they might not even know that they hurt your feelings. And now there's this big riff
1: exactly. and you got to fix it. Life is too short. And I often say, it's not what you say, but how you say it. So. Yes. You can, you know, you can talk about a part of you that's angry, a part of, that's scared, or a part that's sad when you're in your higher self. But when you're reacting with anger or vitriol or blame or judgment, it's a whole different dialogue, and it doesn't get your needs met. No, it really doesn't.
0: Right. So you're known as a pioneer who created a new form of conflict resolution that is changing the face of divorce. And that sounds like something
1: we really need. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, thank you for asking. Pioneer is the word that I'm using now because nobody has heard of this before. It's kind of like I often say that if you asked a horse owner what they needed to get around faster, they'd say faster horses before there were cars. And if you asked a car owner, same thing, they wouldn't say a hoverboard. Well, compassionate mediation merges marriage counseling and divorce mediation so that individuals or couples can actually learn how to compassionately communicate, explore all their options, understand their rights and finances, and then truly add passion to their marriage or compassion to their divorce. So it's the same beginning of compassionately communicating, but it allows you to look at what an ending would look like, but to do it with empathy and compassion. And then come back and create a new relationship. So nobody knows that it's out there. And I would love, I'm training other therapists and mediators and attorneys, coaches and clergy, because I want to share the process so they can share it all over the world. That's my dream. That's a great idea because you're only one person, but if you start training
0: people, then it's out there. And we need that because I think so many people decide that they have to divorce their partner just because they're not communicating well and they're
1: frustrated and they don't think there's another answer. So they just divorce them. I often say that some people leave when they should stay and mm-hmm. others stay when they should leave and figuring that out with somebody that can help them is really important. It that makes is a difference. And a lot of people think if they just decide if they're going to stay or go, then they'll get calm, then they'll feel better. But it's really the other way around. It's how do you take care of yourself enough to be your best self in the relationship, to show up in a way to create a compassionate relationship with empathy and mutual understanding, and then decide what you want to do, because it's a whole different decision. Yes. And that's funny, because
0: we're not taught to take care of ourselves, right? And women, right. especially we're taking care of everybody else, the husband, the kids the the job, and we're just torn in so many directions. And then when we want to take time for ourselves, we feel guilty. But exactly. it's an important we have to, it's just like when you're on the airplane, and the oxygen mask comes down, Absolutely. you get oxygen first before you help your child or anyone else. But we don't do that with ourselves. And we need to we need to Take care of ourselves first. Be kind to
1: yourself. We're not kind to ourselves sometimes. Right. And we can't be good to anyone else until we're good to ourselves. Yes. And I always say that love is the answer, but it starts with loving yourself. Yes. And my friend Sark, the author and and, uh, writer, always says that she's a full coupled love, sharing her overflow with the world. Oh, that's really nice. That wonderful. (laughs) You fill yourself up first. Yes, very hard to. Do. Yes, absolutely. Because Especially we're taught because that that's
0: exactly. we're taught that's wrong. We're taught that we're not supposed to do that, but you have to. Right. So, but we can learn things in our seventies and eighties. there's still time left. I mean, if we live to be a hundred, I want to learn to be a better me exactly. and better communicator. So, there's always time to
1: learn new things. Exactly. And yeah. even if one person in a relationship takes time to learn how to communicate more in self. Mm -hmm. It changes the energy between the two of you. So it's not like I have to get my partner into counseling because if they don't learn it, how is this going to change? If even one person brings more self-energy, more calm, compassion, clarity, courage, and learns how to listen with empathy, where you use I messages instead of judgmental you messages, where you speak about your deeper feelings, not your judgments and you really share your vulnerability, it changes the dynamics in a relationship. I can see where that's true, yep. It takes courage to be vulnerable, though.
0: It does, it does. But, you know, that first step, that baby step, and then you'll just do more and more of it. Exactly. Once you've done it once, then you can feel that it's a good thing and you'll be
1: more willing to do more. Right, and actually when you do it, it's like exercising a muscle. You feel so much better and you feel the strength that it takes to be vulnerable. It seems like an oxymoron, but it's not. It really is a life affirming decision to show the depth of who you are. Right.
0: So how are you going about with these courses where you want to share it with counselors and are you doing it all online or what is your program all about?
1: Thank you. Well, part of the reinvention of the last eight years is to go online. So Mm -hmm. I become somewhat of a, Computer nerd. I'm pretty proficient now in all things computer. And I have uh, at Compassionate Communication Academy, I've got a six hour video program for individuals and couples. To add passion to their marriage or compassion to their divorce. And I also have a certification program now for the other professionals. And it's been approved by the National Board of Certified Counselors and the International Coach Federation to give continuing education credits to professionals. So I'm in the process of thank Mm -hmm. you. I'm very proud of that. It took a lot of energy and effort to get those accreditations. I bet Uh, it did. Yep. And I, I practice internal family systems therapy for about 35 years. I've been an IFS therapist. And it's a way of communicating where you promote more self-energy. You understand mm-hmm. we have parts that we exile, manage with, and get extreme with. And we learn to love all aspects of ourself because we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yep, and absolutely. when we're in self, we're more in touch with that spiritual energy. and mm-hmm. That word used to be a word that I didn't use when I first started practicing. It was like, we're all boomers now, so we all know Groucho Marx. You can't use this analogy (laughs) elsewhere, but everybody knows Groucho Marx, and everybody knows you bet your life, and the secret word would come down, and the duck would start quacking, and they'd win a prize. So when I first started counseling 35 years ago, I didn't use the word spiritual. Unless my client did it. Then it opened up a whole new world. I still can't use the word spiritual with my brother. God love him. <laughs> wow. And half wow. my family thinks I'm nuts. But the other half, actually, one of the cancers that I survived with thank God, grace and healing, made one of my cousins say, Linda this i'm so happy you don't have to have chemo this could almost make me believe all that stuff that you believe she didn't say stuff but you know what i mean oh, right, so, right. <laughs> there's there's something about knowing that we're divine knowing that there's a higher power that we're connected to knowing that there's a oneness knowing that the universe has your back all that woo woo stuff that i actually believe that i, I do I, too. absolutely yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's more of us out there now. And I there used to are. hear one of my friends who was on Match.com as a senior said he learned that if he put the word spiritual in his bio, he was going to get a lot more hits. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, because women are looking for men that are spiritual, because I think more women are willing to admit yes. that they're spiritual and men aren't so willing to admit right. even if they are. Well, so it, I can... I can see that would get them a
1: lot more dates. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Why do you think men aren't willing to admit or even think about spirituality? Because it's a big
1: part of our lives if we are willing to admit it and work on it. Well, I think left brain, right brain stuff. You know, the left brain is executive functioning, rational thinking, take action, I think that the hunter-gatherer thing of needing to know and be in control and go do. So there's an ego-based way of living and a spiritual way of living. And Wayne Dyer used to talk about how the ego wants to be in control and has five senses and is fear-based a lot of the time. But spiritual Mm -hmm. stays in the moment and can listen with all senses, with energy and with what your body feels and tap in and stay in the present, which is a big one, instead of ruminating about the past or worrying about the future, we stay in the present. So, you know, whether it's Buddhist, whether it's 12 step, whether it's uh, any of the religions that talk about Kabbalah, whatever it is, there's a way of tapping into the knowing that we're more than our minds. And perhaps it's the upbringing that we had 70 years ago that You know, made men action takers, et cetera. I think the younger men are becoming more spiritual. I think the older ones may have a little less openness to it, but when they do, I think their lives change. Because I Mm. think that our egos plan a life for ourselves, and then we reach a point where we don't get our dreams or our dreams fall through, or we face an illness or we face a divorce, and we could either curse the darkness or we could find some light. And I think that's what spirituality does and communicating compassionately and coming from your higher and best self. That's how I Absolutely. That's how I try to navigate. Yeah. And you know what? I think we
0: are coming to a, a big spiritual awakening. Yes. It's already started, but it's going to grow and grow and grow. So I think it's going to get much bigger and we're going to realize that we have so much more to offer if we work with our spirituality and our souls and our passions. And they're the things we need to work with. They're more important than anything else. Yeah. It's not money anymore. It's not what do you have? It's just, you, you've got to learn to be the person you were meant to be, The be the person you were put on this earth to be and yeah. share yeah. your gifts with, with everybody. Just share it. So I think as a boomer it's a little easier to do that when you're younger you're just so busy caught up in the day to day I'm raising the kids I'm running here I'm running there. you don't really have time to think about but once you get into retirement age you have more time to think and what made me want to do the podcast is I was thinking well I could live another 30 years or more what am I going to do with that time am
1: I just going to sit around and watch tv You've done an amazing job with this in such a short time. I've looked at the list of people that you've interviewed, and you're doing such a great service for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I've really introduced some great people. Yep, yep. yeah.
0: And, and I know my audience is going to appreciate what you're saying. And I hope there's some counselors and all that want to find out more about your program, because I think it's so important. Like usually if you decide to divorce, you go to the attorney and the attorney's on your side, and then you have the attorney on the other side. Definitely. And all they want to do is fight and make you fight. And sometimes you go into it and you're somewhat compatible, not compatible. What's the word? You want to do it on a nice basis, but then the attorneys start making you fight. Right. So, you know that's not the way I love the way you're going to do it. And maybe it will still be a divorce,
1: but some people, maybe are going to be able to work out their differences and actually stay together. And also I believe that families don't need to be broken. They can be peaceful and respectfully restructured. And when you use compassionate mediation, you talk about all the issues, but you're talking from your higher self. You're talking with empathy. You're becoming fully informed and you learn a new way to communicate. And then you take a look at your partner and say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize he, she was still in there. It's been so many years that I've seen the walls or I've seen the resistance or they've looked at me through the filter. of I never do this right or she always does this wrong. But when right. you take off those filters and let go of those limiting beliefs, you really can create a new relationship. Mm, it's that's so much great. fun to see. And sometimes people will be in my office And I lead them through the process of the miracle of empathy, where they listen and they understand and they empathize. And even if I'm coaching them, they're at least present for each other. And then when they get to their vulnerable parts and share them, it's one honest apology can change the trajectory of a family. You know, once people learn how to listen. Thich Nhat Hanh, the spiritual monk, had said that people tend to take sides And what we really need to do is go to one party and tell them about the suffering of the other party, and then Mm -hmm. go to the first party and tell them about the suffering of the other. And that's what I do with compassionate mediation. I help people understand that no matter how angry or obnoxious or dishonest or blaming or judgmental someone Mm -hmm. appears, underneath, they're hurt, they're scared, they're sad. And if we can have compassion for that inner child, or the parts that are hurting, our tone changes, our conversation changes, and we truly can create a safe forum for a conversation. And for Absolutely. your children, most of all, for your, you know, for yourself, for sure. And this process works right. even after divorce. It works, mm-hmm. with, and it works with people that don't even want a divorce. They just want to resolve conflict. It's just mm-hmm. learning how to compassionately communicate and talking about all your issues i used to do sex therapy for a couple and mm-hmm. what i what i would find was that once they came from their higher self forgave each other and put their walls down guess what sex got better immediately yeah absolutely right? everything has to do with your emotions right right So it's all about healing those emotions. Yes, exactly. And you mentioned spirituality before in the conversation and the shift in the world. When Mm -hmm. I first went to the Chopra Center, I worked with Deepak Chopra there and David Simon and David G, who's still a a big mentor of mine. And I remember sitting in the audience and one person turned to the other and said, I feel like a Martian who just landed on home. Because... (laughs) 15 years ago, there wasn't as much conversation about spirituality and oneness and connection and the light. And now there is. Now there's a lot. Yes, a lot. So, you know,
0: I joined a spiritual group 40 years ago, might even be 45. I don't know, probably 40 years ago and we would get together once a week and meditate and yeah. you know try and be better people and we read from a book and we tried to follow the book and do better and but when i was doing it years ago everyone was like What? (laughs) Like they were like, What where are you going? What are you doing? And they just didn't understand. But like you said, today there's so many spiritual groups and so many light groups out there. And we are changing the world. We are helping the world to change for the better. So it's going to make a big difference. And your training, I can see, would make a huge difference.
1: Huge difference. Thank you. And the 12 step programs too are very spiritual. You know, even if you don't believe in God just mm-hmm. the, the sense of powerlessness where you don't try to control someone and the higher power can be God, but it can be the other people in the room. You know, you, there's right. angels all around us. And it also reminds us to take our own inventory. You know, how are we being judgmental, blaming, holier than thou? So even going to an Al-Anon meeting, if you're uh, love an addict of any kind, you learn how to become a more spiritual person, a more enlightened person, actually. And the lighten, you know, it's not a hierarchy of who's more enlightened, but the light goes on inside of you. You do feel more light. You do feel lighter. And you Mm -hmm. are a, I like to say we're channels of light and beacons of love. Or the other way around. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Or channel, no, channels of love and beacons of light. Either way, it works. Yeah, (laughs) it works both ways. But yeah, yeah, that's great.
0: And it's so true. It's so true. And when one person is kind and they let their light shine in the world, yes. it makes everybody happier. Like when I'm walking down the street or I'm taking a walk in the park, I smile and say hi to everybody. And right. some people are like, look at you like, oh, she's smiling and she's saying hello. They're so used to being ignored. And you don't know what kind of a difference you can make in someone's life just by smiling and saying hello in exactly. a store anywhere. You know, I was shopping in Aldi's one time and there was a woman on a little scooter doing her shopping and I told me to just say hi and talk to her. Well, she couldn't stop talking. She was going on and on about. So I guess nobody talks to her. She's probably just kind of invisible because she's sitting on one of those scooters doing her shopping and people don't know how to react. So they don't talk to people like that.
1: But I stopped and chatted with her and she just loved it. So, Yeah. And it's all about sharing our light. You know, Marianne Williamson or Nelson Mandela, whoever said it, you know, who are we not to share our light? We don't play small. Other people don't benefit by our playing small and our shining our light gives others permission to shine theirs. And that's why I think even at 74, the fact that I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever I'm doing it with my children wondering when I'm going to retire and just settle in. uh, (laughs) You're not, just tell them you're not. (laughs) I'm not. I feel I feel we all have seeds of inspiration of some kind and we're meant to share them. So whether it's by writing or blog post or Facebook post or group. Or anything that you can do out there that you're that's listening, just do it. Just go for it. It's right. If you like to paint or, you know,
0: any kind of a hobby. If you like yes. to garden, do right. your gardening, bring a plant to a friend who maybe would just love to get a plant because they can't do any of that themselves. Right. So I mean, there's so many kindnesses that if we just share what we love with someone, it will brighten up their day. And right. then they'll go right. on and share what they love with something else. And we're all different. So we're all sharing different things. But that's the joy of it. That's yeah. the good thing
1: about it. It's just so. helping someone find their own light inside. Mm-hmm. Just knowing yes. you do that. At the Chopra Center, they would ask three questions before they would meditate. The first was, who am I? And it can be, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a teacher. Who am I? But basically, we're all like and love. And then mm-hmm. the second question is, what do I want? And it gives you a chance to think about what do you want? Financial, spiritual, material, physical, emotional, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. then the third question is, what is my dharma? How do I use my unique gifts and talents to help and to serve? And then they tell you to take a deep breath, meditate, and don't look for the answers. Just let the universe provide the answers and stay in the present and stay open to what's in front of you because things will unfold if you're staying present and sending out the intention to be a service it'll find absolutely it, find yep. it will find you yeah.
0: i so agree that yeah. the universe will answer you so if you're totally confused and you don't know what your gifts are and you don't know what you should be doing meditation is powerful Exactly. Meditate and then just wait for the answer. It will come. Maybe yes. someone yes. will just say to you something about like, why don't you do this? Or I always love the way you did this. Why don't you do more of that? Like things will come to you if you're just open to receiving.
1: And then say yes. And yes. Even, yes. even if it fails, it's just a learning. It's exactly. not a problem. Right. But go for it. For go sure. For it.
0: Yes, because you won't know unless you go for it and you go for it and maybe another door opens. That's completely different. But had you not done the first thing, this door wouldn't have opened. So we have no idea what we're missing but not doing like your your gut will tell you I should be doing more. There's something I really want to do, but I'm afraid. So you got to get over that fear and just do it because by doing it, other doors do open and you'll find out what you're meant to do. Yes. Because
1: we're all here for a reason. We're all meant to do something. I totally agree. And if you're looking to have extend your social life, go online. You know, winematch.com yep. meet somebody for coffee. I often tell some of my clients that they're probably one coffee date away from the rest of their lives. They just have to really get themselves out there. They do. And too many just stay at home. They just don't
0: want to put themselves out there and they hear the horror stories. And yes, there are some horror stories, but I've heard of a lot of people that met their, their lifelong partner by, you know, going online. There's a lot of good stories as well as the bed. So you just protect yourself. You meet them somewhere else. You never have them come to your home, but you, you just don't know. Or, and you put yourself out by joining clubs and by joining groups, if you can, because you might meet someone that way too that has the same passions you have. So if there's something, if you love to travel, maybe you can find someone who loves to travel too. There's lots of single people out there that are looking for people to travel with male and female, So if you put that out there and that's just all you want to do, that's okay too. But, you know, you might find someone that would love to travel with you. They even have trips for singles. You can research single trips. Yep. Just get out there. Yeah. So just put yourself out there. It is hard. You've got to get over yourself a little bit. You have to be a little bit uncomfortable. But if you do it, you will be so happy
1: in the long run. You really will. Are you familiar with the term HSP, highly sensitive person? Do you know that term? I've heard it, but I don't really know exactly what it means. Elaine Aaron, A-R-O-N, talks about about 20% of the population are HSPs, highly sensitive people. Mm -hmm. And we are sensitive to light, noise, crowds. Sometimes social gatherings can be a lot for us. We, We don't usually like chit chat. We like deep conversations. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because when I've mentioned to my clients to check out whether they are HSPs, it gives mm-hmm. them a new way of looking at their tendencies without saying, oh, I'm so antisocial or I'm so shy. No, you just have to pick and right. choose how you're going to use your energy and how you're going to interact. But it's a, it's hsperson.com, I think is Elaine Aaron's website. Oh, good. I'll look into that because yeah. I've heard of empaths. And they're people yes. that
0: when they walk into a room, they pick up everybody's energy, right. and so it just they they just are so confused and and overwhelmed, and that's bad too. So they've got to learn how to work around that. And I have a daughter who's like that, so yes. she just picks up everything, and that's not easy to deal with. You right. walk into a room, and all those different
1: emotions going on, and you're picking it all up. It's not good. I think we all have more of that tendency or ability than we know we do. We just don't tap into it. you know yeah. when i'm when I'm doing counseling with someone, I'll often get a feeling in my stomach or my chest. and when I ask them what's going on in their stomach or their chest, they'll tell me what they're feeling. So energy plays a role, and I think we all aren't aware of how attuned we could be just by knowing we could be and trusting that. That's true. That's true because we're energy beings. everything on this earth is
0: energy. so exactly. it's true. Learn to trust ourselves more. And I do. I tell my girls and and other people all the time, always trust your gut. If you're getting into a situation and you're not sure, and your gut's saying, get the heck out of there, then get the heck out of there because something's wrong. Your gut will tell you. So, you know, we have to follow our gut on, on everything. I think don't let it stop you. If it's negative, negative all the time, but usually if the feelings coming from your gut, you are correct. So be careful. I and agree. a lot of people have said they've
1: ignored their gut and got into bad situations. Right. I always say that I like to try to answer the call, but I want to see who's calling my ego or my soul. Yeah. When I answer the, my soul's calling, it just flows. When I'm trying to do what my ego thinks I should do, that's when I get into trouble. That's when it becomes a yeah. struggle. That's when your body reacts and gets tight. So listening to your, we're, we're body, mind, and spirit. And really mm-hmm. acknowledging all of that and where we constrict the most is in our minds. We, mm-hmm. Our minds are limited by, like you said, originally our family of origin and the belief system that we were taught and grew up with. But when we realize we're so much more than our minds, then we can integrate that whole body, mind, spirit union and come from that place. And that makes Absolutely. it better for everybody. Absolutely.
0: So is there one last thought that you'd like to leave with my Boomer Nation before we go?
1: Well, we mentioned the six cancers. So I just want to tell anybody that's got cancer, good luck, God bless, and you can get through it. And I did it with a lot of prayer. I did it with a lot of grace. I did it with a lot of luck and love. And I had chemo and radiation and stage four Mm -hmm. this and stage two that. And thank God I'm here and still going. More than ever. And the reason yeah. I wanted to mention that, I think the the words that I try to say is it's never too late. You're never too old. And never say never. So whatever so you want to do, go do it. And enjoy go do life. it. So, so do it. true. Don't
0: let anything hold you back. That's right. And just, you know, people, I think when they hear cancer, they just, oh, cancer, it's a death sentence. It's not anymore. No. But you've got to change things. You've got to do things. I had cancer once. So about five years ago, I'm almost at the five-year mark and I found it very early. So it wasn't a huge deal, but you're still, you're doing chemo, you lose your hair. It's not a fun thing, but you get through it and you move on. And now you're ready for all kinds of other possibilities, but you had a six times. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know if I could have done six. That's a lot of cancer, but see, you can beat it. If, you can. If someone like, yeah. Someone can do it like
1: you six times. You can beat it. Exactly. And I have a lot of ways people can get free things from me and get my book and get a free chapter of my book. So anything that you want to know, I can put in the notes or offer people now. So well,
0: tell us your website and then I will put it in the notes as well. So they, if they don't have, if they're not near pen and paper and can't write it down, I'll have it
1: in the show notes. Right. But yeah. Well, if you go to lyndakroll.com, dot L.com, slash CCC. You get a compassionate communication care kit. So the slash, and that has a guided meditation to get to self, like we're talking about. How do you actually feel that energy? It talks mm-hmm. about compassionate communication. It's a relationship assessment to see how your relationship's doing. And it's also a roadmap, my compassionate mediation roadmap, whether you're a professional or a personal for your own use, or if you're professional, you can go to lindacrull.com slash roadmap and get the whole outline of my process for free. Cause I oh, would okay. like to share it with the world. Absolutely. The more people you can get it out there, the more people can start learning how to teach what you're doing. Right. And the book, if I may, is Compassionate Mediation and they can go to lindacrullbook.com and get a free chapter. That was me before oh. cancer, before chemo made me. my oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And can they get it on Amazon
1: as well? Is it on it's Amazon? On, yes. The two books, Compassionate Mediation, How to Add Passion to Your Marriage or Compassion to Your Divorce is a book. And the Kindle book, Compassionate Divorce, Changing the Face of Divorce One Heart at a Time are both on Amazon. And the free okay. chapter of the book is lindacrollbook.com. So, I just when wanted to. Dot com. Okay. Right. When, uh, so, any one of those ways will get you free information that hopefully will help you lead your best life, connect to your best self, let go of your limiting beliefs on burden, pain from the past, and mostly relate from your heart. And this has been such a pleasure for me, Terry. It's oh, this has been great. Fun. It's been so enjoyable. I love it. Well, and I'm hoping that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I hope everyone goes to get that free information and share with your friends and family because the more we get it out there and the more we share it, the better for everyone. Exactly. It sounds like if you did the assessment, you might say, oh, I really could use a little bit more help. Let me look into this or, you know, or maybe I can help one of my kids that's having a rough time. So yeah, it's just the more you get it out there, the better. Exactly. Well, thank you yeah. so
1: much, and Keep doing the great stuff you're doing too. Thank you, Linda. I will. And thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. We
0: appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.